now listening to the best podcast in the world, The Awakened Soul, hosted by my daddy. Welcome to episode 54. That was my that's one of my favorite songs of all time. I'm surprised I have not used it yet in the podcast. But nonetheless, this is episode 54. We have a great show planned for you guys today. I have the director and producer of a film called Betrayal of a Nation. I can't wait for you guys to hear that interview. It's it's powerful. We also have um, our black owned business spotlight is back for this week. And then we got my babies on the show again. So Overall, just a great episode planned for you guys this week. We're going to get back into the music. On the other side of that, we have to go into the mind of Hayes. So the first couple of things that we've got to talk about are two biopics. The first one is the Marvin Gaye biopic that Dr. Dre is putting together. And this has received the blessing from the family, which means that they will have he will have full access to Marvin Gaye's music catalog to use in the movie. And as we all know, Marvin Gaye has one of the best stories in, as far as like music, like his life. Um, the ups and downs, of course, being murdered by his father, his drug addiction just making all the classic uh, music from him that we all love. This this could be one of the the best biopics to come out in a while. And I just you know overall I'm I'm always excited. Like I said for for biopics when they really get in depth. Um, and even more so like when they have the blessing of the family because of course that that allows for a better access to the artist and some of his stories and the music. So we want that full experience. Of course, when we get a biopic. So that one from Marvin Gaye, which as far as I know, as of this recording, has not been um, been titled. So, yeah, Dr. Dre, of course, you, you, you know, he, he did have a hand in straight out of Compton. I'm not sure exactly what level of input he had in the film itself, but let's just hope, you know, uh, he he has the access to the music. As I said, he's someone who himself knows just all those depths and and the stories of the music industry so it's always good to have someone as creative as dr dre and we've also saw what he was able to do with his was that an hbo special showtime special but so we want to see that i'm I'm really looking forward to the movie but we're going to get into the next movie and this is one that we talked about um a couple of weeks ago actually and this is the dolomite is my name starring eddie murphy wesley snipes has 
joined the movie to play Dervell Martin, um, actor and director. And I believe he directed Dolomite. Um, so yeah, this, this whole, my name is Dolomite movie. I'm really looking forward to the, the cast of this is really shaping up. So we got Eddie Murphy, we got Wesley Snipes. Um, we also have Mike Epps, Craig, Ro- Craig Robinson, Titus Burris, and Divine Joy Randolph all joining the cast since the initial announcement. And, uh, the, also the, the screenwriters, the ones who are actually writing this movie are the same ones who wrote The People versus OJ Simpson and also Ed Wood. So this is just shaping up to be a talented, talented cast and talented people who are just involved in the making of this film. I can't wait to see it. I've already talked about my excitement of it, talked about just everything that Rudy Ray Moore has has done. Um, and, and this can also be another powerful movie. So we, we want to keep getting those going. We want to get as many of these biopics like for people, especially in our culture and our history, have played a big part. Their music has played a big part. Not only our lives, my life. Let me speak for me, my life, as well as like my parents and um, in, in the film, like Dolomite, what that was able to do as far as breaking down walls. We want. We want these stories to get out. And so I'm, I'm, I, for one, am happy that they're, that they're coming about. Um, yeah, it's, it's just, it's just dope overall. Um, so yeah, let me know what you think about it. You know where to find me at CEO Hayes. It's at CEO H A I Z E on Twitter. Oh, and listen, start sending more feedback, questions, comments, concerns to the awakened soul pod at gmail.com. I love interacting with you guys. I, I do get emails after every single episode and get into conversations. I'm trying to find a way to integrate those conversations into the podcast because I'm just, I'm having some conversations with some dope people that, that, you know, listen to the podcast or stories of how they found it and what they thought about it. So I'm going to try to incorporate that a little bit more. Now, the last piece that we have from the mind of Hayes is, um, it's an interesting one. So Sarah Huckabee Sanders, uh, Sarah Huckabee Sanders was eating at a red hen in Lexington, Virginia, and she was asked to leave. And she sent out a tweet saying that, um, it says more about, about, the, uh, the people who kicked her out than it does about her. And that, uh, she, dis- she disagrees with the fact that she was asked to leave the establishment because of her work for Donald Trump. Now, the thing that makes this a little bit, um, I wouldn't say weird, but the thing that kind of brings this all back together is the fact of how she supported, um, a cake artist not wanting to do work for a gay couple who came in, um, and talked about that being their right. And so, I mean, it just all came back around. Now, my personal thoughts on it, I mean, Hey, you have that right. You have the right to refusal on service, whether it's right or wrong. Um, you know, I, I try not to shun anyone because of their political views personally, but I don't I don't shame anyone who who does as well. I mean, that's hey, that's just what happens. That's just the way of the world shit happens. Uh, but as popular, or unpopular as my opinion may be into that, we're going to get into the unpopular opinion segment brought to you by Shanice. We're going to get into the intro music for that. Uh, and then we're going to get into her and I'll see you guys on the other side. Hey, y'all. quick question. What is woke as defined woke is a political term derived from the African-American vernacular English expression, stay woke, which refers to perceived awareness of issues concerning social and racial injustice. It refers to a continuing awareness of these issues. Its widespread use in 2014 is a result of the Black Lives Matter movement. Sounds pretty clear, right? 
Unfortunately, the most frequent depiction of the word is to mean black people are to agree with what you as another black person think is right and you are not to have your own sentiments nor opinions. Let me explain. So it looks like Erica Badu is back on y'all's shit list for sharing her thoughts on the unfortunate passing of XXXTentacion. She wrote as a caption on a recent upload, I saw the heart in you. I saw your desire to correct your wrongs. Many people see your light. Even through the pain you may have inflicted as a result of your own pain, your music was on high frequency. I will not be bullied out of loving you. While some thought nothing of this, me being one of those people, woke Twitter casted all their shade on Erica and her fans and determined them to be fake woke. Okay, so here's the thing. Just because someone you feel should share your personal feelings on a subject expresses their own sentiments doesn't mean that they are not socially aware of issues concerning social and racial injustice. Doesn't even mean they're less black than you. You fake ass freedom fighters are so quick to cancel and diminish someone's character, revoking their black card even, just because they don't personally feel the same way you do. Erica Badu's sentiments towards that young man have nothing to do with her level of knowledge or representation as it pertains to matters of social injustice. Her music, if you've ever listened to anything outside of On and On and Love of My Life, is a testament to that. But it's whatever. I ain't here to change y'all. I'm just here to speak, speak on what I see. And from what I see, black folks have a longer ways to go than we let on for the crowd. While we're out here canceling everybody, think about hitting that cancel button on yourselves for all the black male bashing you do on the timeline, ladies. And black men? Mm-mm. Y'all niggas ain't excused either. I peep all the black women bashing and fetishizing of women of different cultures you do effortlessly on social media as well. Instead of trying to diminish and devalue one another and put up this facade of having all the answers and having all our shit together, how about we actually get our shit together out in this with a snippet from master teacher by erica badu fun fact the first modern use of the word woke appeared in this record before it had any connection to social and racial injustice but i'm sure y'all knew that because y'all woke like that right What another great and powerful, unpopular opinion from Shanice. Seriously, what she's been adding to the podcast over the last couple of weeks. I can't I can't thank her enough for that. So we just want to take some time to shout her her out for uh, being able to share that with the audience, with the listeners, with everyone you know us at the wick and so we're all family uh, my listeners are, from, are my family the people who work with me usually become like family um but yeah and, and i'm going to piggyback off of something that she did mention um in then and that is the unfortunate passing of xx tentacion and we talked about this on the breaks radio be sure to check that out that is my hip-hop podcast with johnny and ralph the breaks media the breaks radio just stuff that we're doing together uh we do have our live show coming up july 21st 
in St. Louis. Be there. Get your tickets early. But enough of the shameless plugging. But as far as the, the passing away, um, and I said this on the Breaks Radio, but I'm going to repeat a little bit over here. The fact that the, the young man obviously made mistakes in his life. He was only 20 years old. If you are honest with yourself, a lot of us were pieces of shit when we were 20 years old or done shitty things. Not excusing it. As I said on the Berks radio, did he deserve to be locked away for? Absolutely. Absolutely. But the, the that doesn't you can't use that to justify a young man losing their life at 20 when he should have had so much more life ahead of him and no telling what he could have become, what he could have learned, what he could have taught other people just based off what he's already been through at that age. I, I, I think it's disgusting for those, anyone who's sitting there saying he deserved to die. No one deserves to be murdered. No one deserves that in, in, in that way, no matter what mistakes you've made in your life, you have to pay for your mistakes, but that, that not like that. So to, so to call for the man's death, to say that it's okay that he died, that he was murdered. It's not like he just died of, of natural causes. The, the man was murdered. People plotted on him, robbed him and killed him. There, there's no excuse, no reasoning, no, no way that that's okay. I need us to do better as a people. And as far as the fake woke people on Twitter, social media, in life, this whole woke thing. And, and again, I say this anytime this comes up, the awakened soul, the title that has nothing to do with being woke at all. It's not about that. Again, to awaken means to enlighten. So I believe that when you truly connect with someone, you're connecting on a spiritual or soulful level, but the the fake woke people are are messing up the meaning behind being woke and regardless if you agree with that or not because i still have issues with that whole thing i just i, I think that's a little silly or uh, that it's just gotten to this whole woke thing has gotten to just ridiculous point but taking all that away like i said is is that be real woke don't be fake woke don't daydream where you think you're woke and you really sleep as fuck um you want to it, we said this a couple of weeks ago. It's okay. You can understand someone without agreeing with them. And that's where a lot of us, using us as, as, as you know, I'm talking to our people, go wrong at. Is that they, they think to to understand someone's uh, else's opinion, it means that you have to agree with their stance. And that's not the case. I said this before. Even understand, even listening to what someone else thinks, how someone else feels, how they process things is just another tool in your toolbox. It just helps sharpen you. You don't have to go out and, and adopt that line of thinking or agree with that. But you should be able to have open and honest conversations about just life or things that are going on. You never know what you can learn by listening to someone else's point of view without trying to box everything into either if they don't share your opinion or your point of view, that it's somehow wrong or it's something that you need to shun or something that you need to attack. It's silly. It's pointless. But again, thank you to my sister Shanice, my pod sister forever for being able to share that, uh, talk about that because we, we, we need that. We need to hear that type of stuff. And I thank you for that. Now, we're going to break up the seriousness of this a little bit. Before we get into our interviews for today, we are going to get into the stupid idiots of the week. We have to do it. We're going to get into the intro music for that. As always, I'll see you guys on the other side. You are so dumb. You are really dumb. For real. All right, so we got another two for this week. That is two stupid idiots of this week. 
I, you know what? I really, I really was just going to give it to one person, but I'm sorry. There was another last minute entry that I just had to get in. So the first stupidity of the week goes to Takashi 69. Now I told you guys, I'm sure he was going to pop up on this list more and more throughout the year. Well, guess what? Of course it happened. Takashi 69, who, who posted a video of him being out on the O block, which is one of the infamous blocks in Chicago, Illinois. Um, and in the video, he clearly says it's 10 p.m. and says that no one's on the block, no one's outside. Chicago, O block right here. I should call this shit no block. It's 10 o'clock. What the fuck y'all niggas at? Niggas ain't outside. It's only 10 p.m. What the fuck y'all niggas at, blood? Now, a few days later, after this, security, there was some a surveillance camera that caught him out here on this particular block, and at the the timestamp of this clearly says that it was 3 a.m. Well, to add on to that, he was only there for probably about a minute or two, but a car drove by. He immediately looked back. Him and his cameraman jumped in the car. They drove off. So, Dakashi 69 for trying to play hard, you're really not about that life. You definitely get the stupid idiot of the week. So, as far as our second, we have to go locally this time for our stupid idiot of the week, and that is in my very own home of Columbus, Ohio, a man decided to rob a bank. But before he decided to rob the bank, he gave the teller his driver's license and then told the teller that he was robbing the bank. So obviously this man, after giving the teller his bank, was quickly, quickly caught after robbing the PNC bank. So, you know, one for robbing a bank, you're definitely a stupid idiot. But for two, for giving the bank your ID before you rob them, sir, you are very much a stupid idiot. All right. So to both our stupid idiots of the week. I didn't call you idiots. I called you stupid idiots. All right, that, that's that's enough of that. It's time now to get into the seriousness of this podcast. It's time to get into an interview that I am happy, happy, happy to bring you. We have, and I talked about this a couple a couple of weeks ago, is that I just came across a, a film uh, entitled Betrayal of a Nation um, that is still in the process of being made. So it's not yet completed. Um, and just the, the message of the film, everything overall, it just, it, it made me want to reach out. So I reached out to the director of the film, who was Brandy Webb, uh, and she got back to me. She agreed to do this interview. So we have that as well as her, her producer, Tracy as well. So we're going to get into talking to these two just amazing women who are, who are bringing us and, and, creating a film that is just going to touch a lot of people so i'm really looking forward to this we're going to get into the, some music on the other side of that is going to be the interview with me and these amazing amazing the ladies and gentlemen i want to welcome a guest onto this podcast i told you guys a couple of weeks ago that i had found an independent movie that really really piqued my interest and it was being put together and there's a gofundme for it and we'll, we'll talk about all that but i want to get into the guest herself the woman of the hour we have miss brandy webb in the building uh making making the film betrayal of a nation which i said we'll talk about we also have her producer as well trina in the building ladies how are you guys doing today doing good doing well <laughs> So, Brandy, I, I mean, I, before we get in into talking about betrayal of a nation, you know, just so the audience gets to know a little bit about you and and both and both you ladies and and just what inspires you, how'd you get into filmmaking? 
So I actually um, grew up as a child, probably since the age of eight, acting. So I've always been around, you know, productions, being in plays and doing theater. And then by the time I got to college, I started producing my own plays. And then I had this one particular play called Lucia's Heart. And um, I was so in love with the story that I just said, you know what, I want to see if I could actually make this into a movie. And um, so I, I took a shot at it. Uh, Trina um, was a producer on that as well. And we tackled that back in 2013. And since then, um, you know, it's been our mission to just do film now. So it's what we fell in love with. That's amazing. And, and Trina, what about you? What, what first got you into doing film? Well, for me, um, I started out as an actress or actor as well. And I just thought, you know, there isn't really a lot of stuff out there for African-Americans and it would be nice to create some content um, for our people. And so in working with Brandy on Sincere's Heart, I realized that I really enjoyed doing that type of work and producing and also that I was really good at it. And so I just continued doing that. That's that's just amazing um, to be able to find your calling like that. That's kind of how I am with this podcast. Like I got into doing it. Um, I had the thought to, I would never think I'd be doing something like this. And it, it's just what I'm able to do with it as far as like stuff like this is, is putting out things for people to hear and find out about that they may maybe otherwise not do. I've just, I've fallen in love with it. So it's great to be able to find kind of your calling and stuff. What are, um, what are some of the your favorite films or films that inspire you? Uh, Trina, I'll come to you first on this one, and then we'll go to Brandy. Well, some of the films that inspire me is, like, I like comedy and I like horror. So coming to America, I really enjoy that. And I really enjoy, like, the Saw series. And I like I just like the fact that you can put something together and you can take the audience um, on a journey. And I just feel like with Saw and with coming to America, it was just it did that for me and it really just kind of inspired me that's awesome how how have you have you found yourself not not really stealing but using any of the techniques from some of your favorite favorite films in, in the films that you create oh yeah like i enjoy um one of the other um filmmakers that inspired me is m night shamlock and i'm probably not probably botching his name up but i find myself um my technique because i did my own little short a couple months ago is much like his. I like to take the audience on a journey and kind of cut things up in a way that you have to figure it out. So yeah, I, I kind of adapted his technique um, and, you know, creating my own stories. That's and he awesome. does horror. Yes, he and does. And he's a horror filmmaker. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. He's He's got Glass, the, the sequel to um, Split, is coming out soon, and I can't wait for that. He's he's definitely found his groove back over the last few years. Yeah. Um, so, Brandy, what about you? What are some of, some of your favorite films and films that inspire you? So, I am like a 90s head. Um, I was born in the 80s, but I grew up in the 90s. So, I'm in love with the classic black movies um, of that time. So, when you think of like Love Jones, Do the Right Thing, Malcolm X, um, you know, all those movies, um, Boys in the Hood. So, Baby Boy, even though that's more than 2000s. So, I just love classic black films. Um, I mean, I love other genres as well, but um, if you're asking what films that I really take an interest into, I would say that. 
Um, I have always been a Spike Lee fan. Okay. And so um, I feel that, um, like, my films tend to, at least my narrative films, um, tend to take on a kind of 90s vibe or things like He Got Game or, like I said, Do the Right Thing uh, type of. But Spike Lee definitely has his own style. Um, and then when it comes to, we're now in 2018, and now I've um, taken such an interest into activism with everything that's going on because I'm very passionate about this, you know, my people, my community, and having justice for my people. So right now, it's definitely Ava DuVernay. Um, her work tends to reflect the times and what's going on. So. I'm a big fan of the 13th, and I was actually working on Betrayal of a Nation um, at the same time that I was watching the 13th on the screen, and it just let me know that I was definitely on the right track. You know, I was really inspired. Um, that inspired me to just continue further and to not give up and to keep on going to get this important message out there because, you know, like, we have to get justice for people of color in America, so... Right now, Amos DuVernay is something that I really look up to when it comes to what I call artivism, mixing your art with activism. Absolutely. Absolutely. I, c- I couldn't agree with that anymore. Um, and I guess that's the perfect way to segue into into betrayal of a nation. And, you know, I, I'll feel free to take it away at any time but it's it's a documentary it's kind of like a, a hybrid between a traditional doc, documentary with 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 um more of a traditional film pieces as well and i just i feel like that style is is just unique and it's it's amazing how did you how did you first land on the concept of betrayal of a nation and then when did you decide that that was the style that you wanted to present the film in Okay, so I, um, again, I come from a background of doing narrative. I started out producing plays, and so my world is just coming up with stories, not so much documentaries, which are unscripted. And, you know, when I saw um, Back to Back and so on social media and in the news, the shooting of um, Philando Castile and the murder of Alfie Sterling, you know, those happened back to back. Um, that was just the icing on the cake for me as far as um, what I had already been feeling about what's going on in in my community. And I remember just crying and saying, when is this going to stop? What And saying, what can I do about it? Because, you know, as citizens, we know that something must be done, but a lot of times we're not sure what our role in it would be. And you start, you feel helpless. And so I just made a decision that I wanted to produce something that would, I guess, aid in figuring out how to how to get justice or answer questions as to who do we hold accountable as a people, you know, so this way we can come up with a resolution. And so I, um, I of course, I had to stick to my natural element, which is uh, scripted, um, you know, scripted. So I um, I came up with the courtroom scene, and then the documentary aspect is what was new for me because I felt like it was important to actually hear from the people that have been directly affected by real life stories. You know, so mm-hmm. I've interviewed Miss uh, Gwen Carr, the mother of Eric Garner, uh, Samaria Rice, the mother of Tamir Rice, Akeem Browder, the brother of Khalif Browder, um, along with many others, and I felt like it was really important to incorporate their stories. And I think that in itself um, just naturally 
aided the, the hybrid, you know, the mixing okay. of the courtroom scenes and using these documentary style interviews as evidence for the trial to, to help convict the United States government um, for crimes against its citizens of color. And when you when you reached out to do to do the interviews, um, how, how was the, how was that met when you when you reached out to all these individuals to to ask them to tell their story and, and to share the things that them and their family have been through? Was there ever any any like hesitation to to share, or were they more than willing and open to really get that out there once they they found out about <laughs> the message and what you were trying to do with the film? Um, you know, it was it was hard, you know, because um, this is the passion project, and we really didn't have any money going into it and um you know i and trina literally put our own own funds into the production which really wasn't much just it started off so we we didn't have the funds to really offer um you know to, to pay anyone you know top dollar or fly them in um so we could only do what we could do so we went off of basically just hoping that you know some of these families would just be packed leave an hour um, and share the interest in getting us to, you know, share their story on camera for our film. And, you know, so there were some people that turned us down and, and, you know, there were some that were just like, sure. And then there were others that, you know, they said, yes, but we had to just keep following up um, to eventually get their interview. So that was the process. And, you know, we're still in the middle of the process actually so we're still reaching out to more people and you know it's just I guess it's the nature of the business especially when you're doing an independent project okay and Trina I'm gonna come to you like when you and Bernie sat down and and you guys kind of I'm not sure if it was a group decision or she just presented the idea to you was there ever a time when you were like I, I get it. I, I feel what you want to do here. But were you ever worried? Like, I may, we may not be able to execute this. Was there ever a, a time where it was like, how are we going to do this? Uh, it's funny you ask that because um, Brandy and I talk about this all the time. Um, getting me involved was quite difficult um, for Brandy at first because I just wasn't sure um, that I wanted to produce um, a documentary. Mm-hmm. Um, because I was so, my head was in feature films and things like that. So when she presented the idea um, to me as just an idea, you know, I did say this is going to be challenging, ambitious, because we have to get it done. And we're trying to get it done in a certain time frame. We needed the money um, to put up for the courtroom scene. It just seemed like a lot, and it seemed like overly ambitious. Like it was just a project that she seemed like she was just overly ambitious about, and I, at first, was like, this is just a lot. But then I read the script. And when I read the script, it was like, okay, I have to be involved. Like, I, I, I enjoyed the story. I thought that it was a story that just needed to be told. And then I was surprised at the whole courtroom scene and then the documentary aspect of it, that some of it was scripted. And so I liked doing scripted stuff. And, you know, I actually learned a lot while working on this documentary. And I'm actually happy that I did get involved. That's that's great. And I'm trying to think how I want to ask this next question is so with with these stories being being shared and just being as entrenched in this as I'm sure you guys are both uh, both are. Has there has there been a moment or there may have been several in which you're you're getting these interviews or or even putting together the script part and just putting the film together where you kind of just have to stop 
and gather yourself? Like, have you ever gotten emotional over over these stories that, that are being shared in this film? And so um, for me, definitely, um, quite frequently, the trail that I cut together, I had to watch the entire footage. Uh, I'm not sure if you've seen the trailer, but I was up with the shooting of Philando Castile. Mm-hmm. And so although it was a few seconds, I actually, watched the entire footage and so I just sat there bawling and crying and it was just very emotional and so shooting this I've also had to attend many protests as well which was very emotional for me and then just hearing the stories and um, watching the you know, the loved ones of those that we've lost telling their story and, and feeling their emotion was quite emotional for me because I'm, I'm there behind the camera and as a human being, I, I want to consult them, you know? Mm-hmm. And a lot of times, like, you don't know what to say to an individual that has experienced a great loss. So, um, you know, so definitely emotional. And, and I've had many times of just feeling sad, feeling depressed. Um, this is definitely a journey that um, we've been on. And so I'm so grateful for it. But it, it, there are days that can be very draining um, just to put this, you know, just, just to get the message out there. But I look at it like it's for the greater good. So if I have to be depressed, if I have to be sad some days, um, just to get the viewer to understand what's going on and to help get a powerful message out there and come up with possible solutions, resolutions to those problems, then I feel like it'll all be worth it. So I kind of look at it like I am the fight for my community uh, through my art. And and the the title betrayal of a nation it, that title alone is a lot of power in that. How'd you settle in on on, on that being the title of the film? So I um, actually co-wrote this film with um, another woman named Genesis Scott, and together we came up with the title. And we started just throwing a few titles out there. We had already come up with what the concept would be. And then uh, something hit where I, I don't remember which one of us it was, but we shouted out the trail of a nation and we just looked at each other with that light in our eyes. And we, we just knew that was it, you know, because at the end of the day, our nation has betrayed us from the very beginning. This country, this, this whole system was not designed for people of color. It was designed to keep people of color oppressed, you know? So we have always been betrayed by our nation. So I just felt like that title was definitely one that was fitting, you know? Um, In the words of Assemblyman Charles Barron, you know, they stole us, they sold us, they worked us, and now they owe us, so... that's an amazing story. That that's and and I knew it. Like once once you see a title like that, you 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 feel it. And and I that's that's one of the things that drew me into it. Um, and so I I want to kind of put this back and and reflect back on on both of you guys. What's one thing in the process of making this film, preparing it, and, and I know it's not done yet, and we'll we'll get into that next. But what's the biggest thing you've learned about yourself in in the process of making this movie? So for me. I would say the biggest thing I've learned was that I cannot just stop here, you know? Like, this for me is bigger than a movie. It's bigger than a film. It's bigger than me. So this is great to get the conversation started. But for me, I learned that I am an activist. Before doing this production, I did not consider myself 
to be an activist. But now I do, and I've gone further um, to put my hand in activism. So I'm a part of an activist organization called the Justice League. And um, I just try to do whatever I can um, to just be involved and to just do the best I can to do whatever I can um, to better my people and my community. So for me, I learned that it doesn't stop here and I have to, I have to keep going. Whether that, that means producing more content that deals with issues in the community um, or whether that means just Brandy as a human being, getting out there and doing her part as a citizen, as a community member to help those that are in need. And for me, um, you know, it's working on this documentary. What it taught me about myself is that I just pretty much need to love, you know, my people more um, and have more empathy for the black man. Um, Cause it's not really the way that I've lived my life. And so I learned so much and I found myself like I've only been um, around for some of the interviews um, that took place. I found myself becoming very angry at, you know, the things that black people have experienced and more specifically black men, especially with the jail system. And so I, it just makes me want to do more and love black people more. Um, when in fact, I don't know that I had that love before there. Um, it was just kind of like, you know, I'm black and there's black people and, you know, things are going on, but I feel like I've developed a passion for the black man. And I think that is a good thing. That, absolutely. That, that absolutely is. Um, that, that's powerful. What, 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 and so taking the film and, and establishing the GoFundMe, when, when was that decision made and what's been the response so far and, and, how has that brought more eyes to the to the project and just that whole experience of, of going the GoFundMe route? How has that been so far? So I actually started the GoFundMe about a year ago, but I never publicly marketed it. So I, I started the page, but I never said anything to anyone. I knew that we needed more money in order to move forward. But my mentality a year ago was we're going to push this as far as we can possibly go without the money that we that we need. And we did that and now we've reached our capacity where we you know, we said we definitely cannot move forward at this point without having the rest of the, you know, the money that we need. And so I started putting the GoFundMe link out there and advertising to actually try and get funding and um it's been received pretty well, you know. Um and I'm just grateful that there are people out there that actually do believe in our vision, our project and that see that this is bigger than the individuals that are behind it, you know. And um yeah, so I just think that um, you know, what we did was put this message out there um, in hopes that it would just be received positively. And we're definitely getting that. And, you know, right now we raised over $4,000 out of 15000 So we still have a long ways to go, but I'm feeling very optimistic about it. Yeah, absolutely. And, and hopefully this, this goes away and helping, um, you know, the, and this isn't to brag about numbers or anything, but the, the, this podcast is subscribed to about 2,500 people. And, and I just hope that we'll, and for anyone who's listening, the GoFundMe link will be in the description of this episode. Definitely go out and support this film. If you can't tell from this interview thus far, it's definitely something that's important. It's definitely something powerful. Ladies, I want to ask you both this, and this, this will 
kind of be the last thing before we transition into, into just one more thing before I let you ladies go. But if you had to sum up Betrayal of a Nation in three words or less, how would you sum it up? Brenda? I would say mm-hmm. justice, resolution, and reparation. And mm-hmm. I would say I would say enlightenment, um, accurate, and powerful. That's that's that that is powerful. I, I really don't know how else to sum that up. Everyone, you, you've heard about it. We've talked about it. Definitely go out and support this film. This is something that for the culture we need to to come together and, and make this happen as best that we can. And before I let you ladies go, The Awakened Soul, the podcast, music is a huge part of this podcast. And I asked all my first time guests this. If you had to pick three songs to be on the playlist of your life, what would it be? Trina, I'm going to come to you first on this one. Uh, repeat the question. You said a playlist. If you had to pick, it, what three songs would you pick to go on the playlist that represents your life? I would say "Staying Alive." <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, I'm a survivor, and you can't touch this. <laughs> all right, all right. Yeah, I, that's that's a enough. <laughs> if you if you can't get the message with that one, you guys aren't paying attention. Brandy, what about you? Okay. Um, Hmm. I would have to say, ain't no stopping us now. Um, I am the eye of the tiger. Is that the actual title? I'm not sure. I think <laughs> it's just the, the I know tiger. that's the hook. Yeah. I've got the eye of the tiger. <laughs> and I would say um, the third one would probably be, I'm sorry, I'm going to have to still screen it on Survivor. <laughs> All right. All right. I like those. I like those lists. All right, so this is the time now before we end where you guys get to plug, do your shots out, anything that you want to do, but definitely tell the listeners where they can find you if they want to support you, if you have any social media out there that they can support, as well as just plug any anything that you're working on um, in, in addition to this film. Uh, Trina, we'll give you the stage first, and then Brandy will come to you. Um, I'll defer to Brandy. Um, all of the information, she has it. Um, Brandy, you can go ahead. Okay. So if anyone would like to donate or just share links for others that may be able to donate. Um, they can find all that information on my social media. So that would be at I am Brandy Webb, and that goes for Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Um, donations also can be made directly on the GoFundMe.com website by simply typing Betrayal of a Nation in the search box. Or you can go directly to our website, which is www.get2evolve.com. And I am Brandy Webb, by the way, is spelled um, I-A-M-B-R-A-N-D-I-W-E-B-B. Thank you. All righty. And ladies, thank you so much for taking this time out today. I know you guys are busy. Brandy, I know you just you just got back in the country, correct? Yes, I did. Um Yes, um, and this, this interview was really fun, so I appreciate it. Thank you, Kadaro, for having us. Oh, yes, anytime. thank you. Anytime. Thank you. I, I definitely appreciate it. Hopefully this helps, and I love what you guys are doing, and it, it's powerful. So I, I definitely, I just want to, if no one else tells you, I want to say thank you for what you're doing. Aw, we appreciate you. Ladies and gentlemen, so we are going back to our Black-owned business spotlight, and I have a member of the family in the building today, my good friend Johnny's wife, 
the owner of Doohickey Craft. Is that right? Did I pronounce that right? Uh-huh. It's Doohickey Craftique. Craftique. There you go. I know I was missing something there, but we got Johnny's wife, Johnny's, <laughs> Johnny's wife, Sade in the building. How you doing? I'm good. How are you? I'm I'm blessed. I'm blessed. Besides yeah. being black in Trump's America, I'm pretty good. <laughs> but blessed is always great to hear. That's good. Absolutely, absolutely. How how's your week been going? Um, it's going good. You know, these syphilis cases at at my nine to five really wear me out. But other than that, it's going great. All right, and that that's a story for another day. Because once you told me about that outbreak going on in St. Louis, that that saddened the hell out of me. But um, to get more <laughs> on a positive note, we're here to highlight your business. Tell the people a little bit about it. How'd you get started? What's the the what do you want to ultimately accomplish with it? Okay, so Doohickey Craftique, um, it was born in 2014 after me and Johnny got married. I ended up making like all my bridesmaids gifts, my veils, stuff like that. And people were like, why aren't you selling this stuff? And I was just like, eh. But I've actually been crafting since I was a child. Like I grew up in a single you know, single mother household, but I was always into fashion, but my mom couldn't afford like, you know, the latest fashion. So I just kind of developed like my own funky style by just piecing together what my mama made for, I mean, bought for me or could afford for me. And so I think that just bringing my sense of fashion together and then wanting to provide something for other people and even younger girls who family may not have the money to buy them high fashion stuff then I wanted to create something that's fashionable for them so I have different price ranges it ranges from like $12 to maybe like 60 it just depends and 60 is more like my luxury items what's what's been the hardest thing about going into business for yourself um honestly it is Sometimes motivation, like working every day, being a wife, trying to take care of the house, trying to come home, cook, and then I have to work on top of doing the work every day. It can be a lot. And so I just keep telling myself, like, if this is something that like this is a legacy that I want to leave for my children and for my family and to basically grow my family, then it's something that I have to do. I'm very goal driven. <laughs> I, that, I'm, I, I take it that runs in that family over there so yeah <laughs> <laughs> i tell i told johnny before uh i was like there's a lot of talent in this house he was like yeah it is so but <laughs> well, thank you <laughs> oh no problem you guys do have a lot of talent over there um what's what what's your your i would say your biggest long-term goal with it like what's one thing that you haven't got to do yet with it that you absolutely would want to do whether it's designing something for a specific person work with a specific person what what would it be um actually one of my long-term goals is to have a fashion truck for doohickey so i want to make it a mobile store since most brick and mortar sorry <laughs> most brick and mortar stores are actually like going out of business and stuff so i want to be able to ride it around the city, bring it to people so they won't have an excuse not to shop. And I also want to like work my business in phases because I am crafty. So I want to do the fashion truck. Then I also do like events and I also like build furniture. So it's just like a, a step-by-step phase kind of thing that I'm working up to. 
Oh, that's so sweet. <laughs> that's that's what's up. I've I I never have actually heard of a of a mobile boutique before. That that's that's awesome. That Thank would be you. cool. Yeah, I've, I've, it's just something I've I haven't been aware that those were even the things. So that's what's up. Um, so for anyone who wants to support you, uh, obviously for anyone who doesn't know, you are in the St. Louis area. But for anyone who wants to contact you, work with you, purchase anything you have, how would they contact you? Okay, so you can follow me on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at DoHickeyCraftique. You can also shop my website at www.DoHickeyCraftique.com. And um, I also do like custom orders. So if you have something that you want and you don't see on the site, I can make it for you because I mostly make everything by hand. So I can commission that piece for you. Um, And that's it. <laughs> well, thank you for taking out out time to do this with me. I, you know, I really appreciate it. Um, and yeah, anyway, go check her out her stuff's dope. I've, I've, your husband sold me some stuff that you made, so I may be hitting you up soon, especially with live show weekend coming up. But don't tell him I said that. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> tell the people good night. Good night, y'all. All right. So before we get ready to end this show, we have one last segment to get to and then i'm going to close um but we have to get into an incredibles review with me and my crazy children um it's a it's a brief one it's only about five minutes and i'll see you guys on the other side of that All right, ladies and gentlemen, I wanted to review The Incredibles 2 because the first Incredibles is just an all time classic in my book. And I figured since it was a family movie, what better time than to bring back on the Johnson babies? So first up, we have my oldest son, Xavier, who you guys have not heard, I believe, since like the fifth episode of The Awakened Soul. His voice definitely sounds different now, uh, but we'll let him get into that. Xavier. What's up? Stop trying to sound sexy. What? <laughs> what? You hating? <laughs> <laughs> All right, son. How you doing, man? How's your summer been so far? It's been good so far. You like kicking it with your old man? Yep. You do? Mm-hmm. All right. So we, we're, we're going to talk a little bit about the Credibles before we get into your sisters, because I know they're going to be way less controlled than you are. <laughs> Uh, but how do you think about how do you feel about the movie? I mean, it it was good. I it, when I was when I was first saw, I was thinking it's on like Donkey Kong. Boy, you got issues. <laughs> what was your favorite part of the movie? Um, uh, I actually haven't thought about that. <laughs> Come on, boy. <laughs> Who's your favorite character? I I, I gotta say Frozone. Frozone. Yeah. Oh, okay, that's he's, what's he's, up. He's usually the funniest in every Incredibles movie. That's funny, yeah. Frozone is awesome. Um, was it as good as the first Incredibles movie to you? Um, kind of. It was just two times better. It was two times better? Yeah. I, I, okay. I said that. I, I, it was a question. Oh. <laughs> oh, Lord. So, okay. Do you think they're going to make Incredibles 3? Do you want to see another one? Hmm? Do you want to see a third Incredibles? I, mean, I won't mind that. 
They gotta get, bring some like yes some no. from more credibles though. <laughs> what did you think about Jack Jack? I mean, funny. I I I, I could not stop laughing. <laughs> Does he remind you of your little brother at all? A lot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Jack Jack's crazy. All right, so. You know your time with me this summer is almost up. If you're going to go to California like a big dude and go hang out with your grandfather. Uh, what's one more thing you want us to do before you leave? We still got a couple weeks though, but what's one more thing you you want to do before you leave? Mm, maybe. Do, do, does Ohio have paintballing places? You want to go paintballing? <laughs> I'm going to shoot you in your stomach. Uh, I, I won't mind that. I got... I got I, I, two. I, <laughs> Still my sister though. Okay, whatever. Go. Focus. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. Yeah, yes, I would like to go paintball. <laughs> <laughs> All right, son. We're gonna take a break. We'll get into Amaya next. All right, Princess Maya in the building. What's going on? Hello. What? What is that? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> All right, so you know what we're here to talk about. What did? How did you feel about the Incredibles too? I loved it. You loved it? What yes. you love so much about it? <laughs> um, probably the dramaticness. Also, because you're dramatic, so you like the dramaticness? Yes. Oh, my God. When did you... So... <laughs> you are so crazy. What did you think about the screen slaver as a villain? Oh, um, very triggered. What? <laughs> That's not even... That doesn't even make sense. It is a word. It's a word, but it doesn't make sense. Yeah, it does. How does it make sense? Because I was surprised about the character and all that kind of stuff. But what... Never mind. (laughs) Never mind. (laughs) Who was your favorite character in the movie? Jack Jack. Why Jack Jack? You don't have any answers for anything. (laughs) Because he's cool. That's why. Mono. <laughs> <laughs> you don't what, what did you think about about um Elastigirl kind of being the main character this time, whereas in the first one it was it was uh Mr. Incredible who went off. How, how did what you think about that? I thought it was a good chance for Elastigirl to steal the show. She stole the show? Yes. So do you think that Elastigirl is a better hero than Mr. Incredible? Yeah. All right, who's better between Violet and Dash? Violet. So it's just girl power all the way around, huh? Yep. Okay. Okay. I understand. I understand. Well, let's pass that girl power. Let's pass that girl power on to your sister, Alana. Come on. It's your turn. You two got to switch. Congrats. Like T-Mobile. Ow. I mean, what was that? Uh, Lana, sit down. What's the commotion? So what did you think about the movie, Helen? I felt incredible. You felt incredible. Well, I mean, hey, I mean, if nothing else, that's that's okay. Who's your favorite character? Jack Jack. Jack Jack? Why Jack Jack? Because he's so cool when he's trying to score and has so much cool powers. What's your favorite power that Jack Jack has? Fire. Fire? Why the fire? Are you a little pyromaniac? No. She's a demon. No, because I love Charizard. And because I love Charizard and I'm a demon. Because you love Charizard and you're a demon and you love fire. Yes. Okay. That's very, that's very, very interesting, my dear. 
Very interesting indeed. <laughs> All right. So I got to ask you the same question that I asked your brother. What's one more thing that you want to do before summer breaks over? I did forget to ask you, my. I'll ask you next. What's one more thing you want to do, Alana? Okay. Wow. Okay. Okay, Lana, tell the listeners one thing or one reason they should go watch The Incredibles. Because every single part of the whole movie is so awesome. All right, that's what's up. It's awesome. Amaya. Everything is awesome. Amaya, what's one more thing you want to do before the summer's over? Zay, I don't need your big mouth. Please and thick. Uh, I want to go to Zumbizi Bay. You got some money for that? No. Oh, okay. Lon, be quiet. I don't need your big mouth either. (laughs) All right, everybody. All huddle around. Tell the listeners of the Waking Soul goodbye and good night. Toodaloo. all right that was episode 54 of the awakening so i want to say thank you to all the guests um definitely go and check out fine support betrayal of the nation uh, from the director brandy webb definitely go out and support this film this is definitely a film that is for the culture that we all should be supporting so definitely go out and do that um yeah so before we part i also want to send shout outs i've i've said before on twitter how if i listen to a podcast you i have to feel like i'm really getting to know the host the host has to be willing to let you in and and just two people specifically that i want to shout out first dan from black law and legal lies recently shared an episode just about the things that he's been through in his life his condition everything and i just want to salute him for being willing and able to to do that in a public forum so i want to thank him for that go and listen to the episode that's from black law and legal lies then also Jaden hollywood from the unapologetic podcast Jaden is like his podcast. You definitely feel like you get to know him on his podcast and he shares his thoughts regardless of what anybody feels, thinks and different about it. And that's something that I enjoy. That's the reason why I can listen to his podcast. We'll be working together at some point. Um, so yeah, I just wanted to send special shout outs to those two guys, man, because they're just, they're doing amazing things out here in this podcasting world and shout out to the podcast and the Potter family. Um, lastly, Again, I have to plug the Burks Radio live show. That is the Burks Radio. Go and subscribe to that podcast if you're not already. The live show is going down July 21st in St. Louis at Herb Arts. You have to be there. You have to have to be there. It's going to be fun. It's going to, it's going to be crazy in a, in a wild, wild event. Um, next week, we'll get into some Luke Cage conversation. I'm, I'm a bit into that, into that, um, into that second season so far. Haven't liked liked it as much as the first, but I'm waiting out to see how it ends. We'll talk about that probably next week. Uh, that's it. You guys know where you can find me. You can find me at CEO Hayes. It's at C-E-O-H-A-I-Z-E. You can follow The Awakened Soul Pod at Awakened Soul Pod on Twitter. More importantly, you can go to TheAwakenedSoulPod.com. That's our official website. Uh, yeah, you can check out everything good there. This is The Awakened Soul presented by The Breaks Media. I see wonderful people next week. Peace. Mother, mother. There's too many of you to cry Brother, brother, brother 
there's far too many of you dying. You know we've got to find a way to bring some loving here today. Father, Father, we don't need to escalate. For only love can 